بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وصحبه جميعاً السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Welcome one and all to our second last class A very exciting topic tonight, the topic of temperament Before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody that we've included evaluation forms So Brother Shah, you'll see the class so far is very excellent for those that do not think is excellent You can put your opinion on the form And just to let you know, you have to rate it from 1 to 4, 1 being poor and to 4 being excellent So if you can fill this out during the break or even bring it back next week, we'll, we'll appreciate it And we're going to make the two last classes very interactive So we included uh, books on temperament and an evaluation form on how to assess your own temperament So let us begin The concept of temperament is an age-old concept. It's a concept that is very well known in the field of natural medicine, especially in Unani Tib Medicine. And this concept is very important for individualized healthcare. So in order for us to understand the importance of it, have we ever wondered why some people enjoy swimming and some people hate the water? Why do some people explode with anger while others would withdraw and sulk? Why are some people natural born leaders and others content to follow? Is this just due to genetics, to environmental factors, to parental conditioning, or is there something deeper? And the concept of temperament will teach us more about ourselves than we have ever known before. That's quite a huge statement. And I can make this statement because it is not based on my knowledge, it is based on knowledge that rests on philosophers over many cultures and traditions for thousands of years. So when we look in natural medicine, there's a very famous statement or saying, know thyself, heal thyself. If we know who we are in relation to Allah, if we know that we're slaves of Allah, we'll be able to worship Allah to the best of our ability. Because we would know we would be down here and Allah would be up there in terms of our relations. Likewise, if we know what makes us move, what makes us choose the, thing, the things we choose, what are our strengths and weaknesses, how our bodies react to certain stimuli in our environment, we will able to lead the body or promote healthy living. Like we spoke about those stresses, the environmental stresses um, in traffic and fumes, etc. If you are aware of those stresses, you could take measures every day to actually avert those stresses or counteract them. But if you are unaware about those stresses, you'll be continuously living in the cycle of negative stress. So the concept of temperament is very important. It's a powerful tool to know yourself, but more importantly, to know what you want to be. Often we find ourselves in situations where we study something or we pursue a certain career or we, we make a certain decision and at the end we decide this is not what I really wanted. Is there a way of knowing from the beginning what I really want? How do we know what our strengths and weaknesses are? Do we have to go through trial and error or is there a quicker answer? So the power of temperament, this knowledge has the ability to make you reach your goals quicker than ever. The knowledge of temperament can strengthen your emotional connection to your family and friends. It can increase your knowledge on social environments and your communication skills. 
that can give you the hidden wisdoms to the deeper meaning of life and of creation. So the concept of temperament existed during the, the Greek era, the likes of Hippocrates. And Hippocrates was a very a crucial figure to medicine because he moved all the superstition away from medicine. At a time where people would worship or, or, or pray to the bones of the ancestors for healing, Hippocrates said that, that medicine relies on cause and effect. And he introduced the scientific method. So he recognized that certain individuals of a certain body type suffered from the certain, the same conditions. And when he went into the history, he found that they ate the same type of food. They were afflicted by the same type of weather. And from that, the concept of temperament, the foundation was set. We find in the life of the Prophet ﷺ that the concept of temperament comes up in a hadith. And after the Prophet ﷺ, due to the spread of Islam, this concept spread to the four corners of the world where at one stage every modern medical system at that time based their medicine on the concept of temperament. So the word tib, as we said, stems from Yunani tib, which is Greek Arab medicine, also known to Europe as Western herbal medicine. So therefore you'll find European works going into depth on the concept of, of temperament as well as Islamic works. So the concept of temperament is highlighted in the statement by Hippocrates. He says, it is more important to know what sort of person has the disease than to know what sort of disease the person has. More important to know who the person is who suffers from the disease. Why, do I, why, why is it so important? Four people can be suffering from a headache, but the one cause could be due to dietary, um, he's eating too much preservatives or additives in the diet. The one could be due to a drug adverse effect. The one could be psychological. The one could be due to um, seasonal, um, high fever, etc. So therefore, if I were to give each person the same panado, the four headaches, the four different individuals, it might give temporary relief. But does it target the cause? But if I look into the lives of each individual and I look at their body makeup, I'll be able to ascertain the cause much easier. So therefore he said it is more important to know what sort of person has the disease. Yes, the disease is important, but the way it affects people, it affects people differently. Some people are more susceptible to it, some people can overcome certain illnesses. So the concept of temperament teaches us about our body makeup. It teaches us about our strength and the weaknesses, and ultimately it can allude us to our predispositions to illness. In other words, if you do not suffer from any illness and you know your temperament, you would know what illness you are moving towards just by knowing your body type. So how do you ascertain temperament? Temperament can be seen on the individual's body makeup, the frame. Some people are thin, slender, some people have more muscle than fat, some individuals are tall and short. It's just, just Genetics is just based on the, the combination of your parents, or is there something deeper involved? Identifying the temperament can also be according to your whether you're a hot or cold person. If you look around, you'll see some people will have short sleeve tops on. Other people will be dressed more thicker. Why is that? Why is it that we are faced by the same temperature, we're sitting in the same environment, yet we experience temperature different? 
Is there a deeper understanding to it? For instance, a hot individual would be the one who's enjoying tonight's weather. They enjoy, they so they bare feet, short sleeve, sloughies, and they're loving the fresh air. The other person that's cold cannot handle this weather. They dress thickly with scarves, maybe long johns on. They can't handle the heart of winter. So we know who we are. If I were to offer drinks tonight, some people will take warm drinks, others will offer, ask for cold drinks, some people will ask for cold drinks with ice. Why is that? It's all based on temperament. Temperament can also be ascertained by individuals' personality types. Why would some people just have that natural leadership qualities? Why does some individuals just burst with anger? Others can handle much more. This is based on temperament. So to understand temperament, we have to look at the tip philosophy. And when we go into this, everybody has to have an open mind because the topic that we're going to delve into is not a very common topic. Yet it has been around for over 3,000 years. But the topic is very relevant today and the proof is overwhelming because as we are sitting here, we are the proof. And as you see, whilst we go through the temperament, if you look around and you start and you concentrate, you'll find out that the temperaments are spot on. Okay, so the tip philosophy says that creation, all of creation, are derived from four elements. The element of fire, earth, air and water. These elements are well known throughout history, throughout Greek philosophy. It's well known in the Quran. We know that the creation of man is described from, from, from clay. The body is made up of water. Allah says that he has created every living thing from water. In one ayah, Allah says that he blows his ruh into the vessel of Adam, into, body, into the body of Adam to give him life. In Surah Rahman, Allah speaks about man being made from a potter's clay. Potter's clay is that type of clay that requires heat to be molded. So everything in creation derives its characteristics from these four elements. For instance, the sun would be the, the ball of fire and everything else would have aspects connected to it. And from these elements we derive four qualities. The qualities of hot, cold, moist and dry. So as you are sitting here, the individuals that are dressed lightly are dominated by heat. Meaning, the heat level is so high in their body that they require to balance it out by dressing lightly. So they do have coldness in their body, but the coldness exists at a very small level, but not enough to overpower their dominance. So as you are sitting here, we are made up of all four qualities. However, the qualities in proportion determines your characteristics, your personality traits, your body structure, your strengths and weaknesses, and we'll go through each one. So if we look at everything that exists, this desk, the stage, wood, if you were to touch it, example, a stone, you pick up a stone, if you feel the stone, you'll feel it's cold and it's dry, the stone can crumble. Think about the gemstone, if you feel it, it's cold. So because it has a high quality of coldness and dryness, the, that quality defined its character of being hard and solid. And the more moisture in something, it becomes softer. For instance, plants. Plants has much more moisture in it than rocks and stones, so therefore it is more flexible. If you were to touch a leaf, you'll feel it's cool. If you tear it or break the leaf, you'll see moisture. So likewise, everything in creation has these four qualities. In human beings, we are made up of more than 70% water, so we are mo mostly moist 
in quality and we require about 37 degrees to function optimally. So we are hot and moist. These two qualities are dominant in our bodies and cold and dryness exists at a small level. If these two qualities are changed drastically, not even drastically, minutely, for instance, if our temperature dropped by one or two degrees, we could land ourselves in hypothermia. If we lose five to 10% water, body weight water, we could be dehydrated. So therefore it's important in order for us to function properly that we have to maintain that correct heat and moisture in our bodies. So we get four body types, four temperamental groups. The sanguinous, phlegmatic, melancholic and bilious. So don't become too bogged down with these terms. These are ancient terms. We will become familiar with it as we go through. Just be in mind these four body types. And these four body types consist of four different or a combination of qualities. So the sanguineous individuals, they dominated by heat and moisture. The phlegmatic, they dominated by cold and moisture. Melancholic are cold and dry. Bilious are hot and dry. So all these individuals, they do have all four qualities in their body. However, two comes to the four. So let's look deeper. So the sanguineous individuals, these individuals, they are medium to large built. As we go through it, think about your family members, think about the person next to you, your friends, and you'll isolate or you'll, you'll actually identify the body types as we go along. So the sanguineous individual, they dominated by heat and moisture, meaning heat and moisture, the quality over, over, dominates them, so they have a medium to large frame, they have more muscle than fat. The complexion would be reddish due to the heat in the body. So you'll see redness on the, on the cheeks. They have a very good appetite due to heat. There's a high metabolism. Due to the heat, they incline towards cooler things. So cold weather, autumn, winter are more comfortable conditions for them. They will ask for a cool drink as opposed to a hot drink. They're enjoying today's weather. In the heart of summer and this heat wave, it becomes too heavy for them. They predispose to hypertension. Due to heat and moisture, if you think about high blood pressure, you, you think about increased heart rate, the heart working overtime, there's a lot of heat in the system. They predispose to diabetes. Due to the fact that they have this high level of heat and moisture, they predispose to athlete's foot. If you know athlete's foot, the fungi requires heat and moisture to thrive. So due to the high level of heat and moisture, you'll find these individuals suffer from athlete's feet the most. Personality traits. The sanguineous individual, they're the socialites, the life of the party. Think about the guy that cracks jokes in your classroom in high school. That you know, there's blurts out. That's a sanguineous individual. Very outgoing. they bubbly. They're optimistic. A sanguine person can go into any environment and make friends with anybody. Because it comes naturally to them. If you look at the sanguine individual, you'll see they're connected to air, which is hot and moist. They have heart-shaped faces, almond eyes. Their body is um, medium to strong in terms of the um, medium to large body structure. If you look at their eyes, you'll see these prominent capillaries, meaning their eyes could be reddish at times. They, when they walk, they have a macho stride. The skin feels soft, warm and moist. If you were to take the hands, you'll feel heat and moisture from the hands. The, the veins would be apparent. Meaning the, the, the level of veins, some veins are hidden, some are very prominent, these would be apparent. They, like we said about their personality, they're very cheerful. They'll crack a joke at the most inappropriate times. We find that they, um, 
They need six to eight hours of sleep to, to be opti- to work optimally. They are the occupations that they thrive in would be occupations of teaching, giving over, facilitation. They people's people, people's person. They 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 like interaction. They like mingling with people. They like um, engaging with people. So we need the sanguineous individual when they well balanced, meaning they in the ideal environment. They're eating correct for their body type. You'll find they're very wise individuals, very empathetic. They're encouraging, trusting individuals. Their communication skills is very good. They're very humorous individuals. And you'll find these would be the motivational speakers. However, when they're out of balance, they can become argumentative, weepy and stubborn. So obviously people's laughing because they're realizing who they are or their spouses or the person next to them. So that's what you want to do. We want to create this interactivity so you can actually think about it. So picture people in this. And this body images is just there as a guide. At the end of the day, there's variations. You'll see other variations. So when it comes to relationships, so I want everybody to think out of the box because the temperament can be used in any sphere of life. Relationships, career guidance, um, you're running a business, you want to bring out the best out of your, out of your, your, your employees, you have to understand temperament. So in relationships, sanguine individuals, when they react to conflict, they tend to be argumentative at first. When they can't win the argument, they start to plea. When they, that doesn't work, they start to peacemake. Then they start to hurt people's feelings. This is the order. And then they abandon the situation. I want nothing to do with you anymore. They leave the scene. But if you understand temperament, you would know this is not a permanent situation. This is the series of events that follows a sanguineous individual, almost to the T. Their rhythms in the relationship, they are very persistent, they are very connected, they are very protective over free choice. So wives, understand if your husband is a sanguineous, he needs a bit of free choice in the house in order to bring out his best quality. He prefers um, something that is very regular. When we look at their favorite words, the sanguineous person, because they're tight with communication, they're very into people, their words would revolve around feelings. So they perceive the information processing happen via taste and smell. So they're very in tune with their senses. The sanguine individuals judge by feeling. Something comes in their way, they act on a feeling. It feels good, I'm going with it. So another temperament that doesn't understand, understand the sanguine would think you're just acting wildly, but instead the sanguine trusts these feelings. The sanguine individual will use um, words like, I understand, I feel what you're saying, I sense. That's the words that the sanguine individuals use. My, the difficulty on giving temperaments is that I'm trying not to give too much to make it too complicated, but I'm trying to show how broad temperaments can be used. Children, a sanguine child can be seen a mile away with a smile. A sanguine child would be very friendly, talkative. For instance, um, in the shopping malls, the sanguine child will greet everybody. Hello to all the strangers and that will irritate the mothers because don't speak to strangers. The sanguine child relies on their winning smile because they know their winning smile can um, save them out of every situation. The sanguine individual, they, they type of, they very, um, they, they get involved in projects but they cannot finish. So they have a lot of unfinished business. So you, you'll see it in children. They'll start something and then they'll, they'll be busy with PlayStation or Legos and then they'll be on the stairs trying to climb up the stairs. So they have a very short attention span. 
you'll find that the sanguine people are very eager to please. It's very important to them. They people's pleasers. And if they are not accepted in certain circles, it affects them very bad because their lives revolve around communication. We find that um, sanguine people are easy liars because they have, they have to say what they have to say to get out of the situation, to make the communication better, so they'll cover up things. You'll find that um, um, when a sanguine person is punished, they recover quickly. So, you know, after they, they got the scolding, but they don't drown in their sorrows for too long because they're naturally optimistic. Let's go on to the next body type. The phlegmatic individual. These are individuals that have a more medium to large frame. They have more fat tissue than muscle, so the bigger bone individuals. Their bones are well covered, so their veins are hardly visible. Their veins are very deep. They're dominated by cold and moisture, and due to this domination, they, they incline towards heat. So they love summer, so they enjoy the summer weather. They love hot drinks. They tend to be uncomfortable in, in winter. Notice the word phlegm is derived from the word phlegmatic. As we know it today, it's derived from phlegmatic because these individuals are prone to phlegm-related conditions. Why? Because, they're high, because they have a high level of cold and moisture in their body. If you know your temperament, you would know that winter is your worst season, so you wouldn't have cold and moist foods like dairy products and cold things. Because there's too much cold in the body, therefore you catch the flu. So this is how we use temperament. So they incline to gaining weight easily. Why? So the temperaments, why is it that some people, they can, some persons or someone can eat like a horse, but stay slim, while other people just look at food and they gain a belly? This is the phlegmatic individuals. They don't have to eat much, but they gain weight very easily due to their temperament. They have a high level of cold in their body, so their metabolism is, is slower. They're prone to cold-related conditions, like phlegm-related conditions. They are natural introverts, so they shy from public situations. They'll never stand up in public and just speak. They, they're very calm individuals. They're very slow. They speak slow. They walk slow. Some people become irritated because they're too slow. Some people say they, they're a bit vertraag. But if you know the temperaments, you would know that the phlegmatic individual is very accommodating. They're very good listeners. They're the natural born counselors. We look at the body type. They're connected to water. So like water, they have big dreamy eyes. Nice, full cheeks, a fuller frame. And very important to know, with the concept of temperament, a certain body type is needed for your temperament. So when you go against your body type, for instance, like the, the phlegmatic, they need to have a certain amount of fat on the body to suit their body type. Now what happens today, you'll see it later on, another temperament gets used. I'll use an example later on. So with the phlegmatic individuals, if you look at them, you'll see they're medium to large frame, they walk slow, they, they speak slow and soft, the, the skin texture is like cold, like water, it's cool and moist, they often have a white, palish complexion, their eyes are large, watery, dreamy eyes, they're um, very shy individuals, very indecisive, they're very calm and cool-minded. You could bring the worst news to a phlegmatic and they'll just sit and look at you, and you'll wonder what's happening, are they taking it in? But they are. It's their temperament that works. So the one thing, the one thing, wonderful thing about temperament is that it allows you to understand people. And when you understand people, you would know how to zone in on their strengths and weaknesses. So some people would think that this is a slow individual, they talk slow. However, when you're having a problem and you need to talk to somebody, the phlegmatic person is a natural born counselor. They would listen to you. 
often we meet individuals and we wonder why do we speak to them about very personal things. It's because innately we know temperaments, with, instinctively we know temperaments. So we know who to speak to. So this, by, by knowing temperaments, you can isolate individuals in your community that you can go to and actually offload and walk away feeling counseled. So when we look at the, the, the phlegmatic individual, we see that when they imbalance because they incline towards work of service, so the nurse in the hospital, the social worker, the guy in the army suit, he's not the commander of the army, he's the soldier. So he's taking orders, he's the follower, he wants to serve. So if you look at them, we, we know that they, in, when they're in balance, they're very steadfast individuals, they're very big on family. They're very big on family connections, they're very faithful. A phlegmatic friend is a very good friend, a very loyal friend. However, they require that same loyalty. And when they don't receive it, they, they, they feel um, betrayed. A sign of imbalance is that a phlegmatic person can be impulsive, um, rebellious. They can become very lethargic. They, they cry a lot like water, so they're very weepy. So these are the individuals that cry for Lion King. You watch Lion King? They'll break down and they'll still remember it for a few days. That's the, the phlegmatic individuals. The key concerns in life revolve around responsibility, security, freedom. So they very, when these things are intact, you bring out the best out of a phlegmatic individuals. In a, in a relationship, um, in conflict, the way they react would be they will be spiteful at first, very resentful, a lot of self-pity, and they also resign from the situation. The ways that they show joy in their relationships would be that they smile a lot, they compliment a lot, they, they love games and lots of laughter. In a relationship, they like predictability. So phlegmatic like to know what someone plans for them because that keeps the environment safe. See, a lot of people nodding their heads. Their favorite words revolve around feeling, so it's belief. They, they, they would say things like, I'm touched by this, um, I feel this, I wish for this. Information processing, the way they process information the best is via touch and repetition. So now we can see the implication when it comes to teaching school children. If we follow a generalized way of teaching, we're missing out on this individual way of teaching. And the significance of, about temperament is that it influenced a lot of learners in the Western Cape. Um, when I was working at the Tib Medical Center, I was a workshop facilitator for life orientation. And we targeted about 86 schools across the Western Cape. And we reached about uh, 15,000 students. We taught the concept of temperament. We taught it to teachers and principals to recognize different temperaments in children so that they could bring out the best out of children. Because if you know your child's a phlegmatic, you know that the phlegmatic individual wouldn't do well with numbers. But put them in a, in a situation where they have to counsel people, teach people, etc. They will be very good. So I had principals approaching me telling me that for 30 years I'm teaching, but for the first time I understand why my kids are different. I understand why I have four children, and each of them has a different body type, but it's connected to their temperament. It's connected to their personal traits. I understand why I gave all of them the same education. I want them all to be principals, but one's an artist. One went into drama. One, why? Because naturally we will be inclined to follow our temperament. But if you know your temperament, there's a shortcut. There's no need to chop and change jobs over 30 years, only to realize after a long time, what I really wanted to be. 
So when you look at children, when you look at the phlegmatic individual, they're very patient children. As babies, they're like the good babies. They'll lay in the cot and just look at the thing all the time without crying much. So they'll be labeled good from an early age. They, they are a bit slow to learn. They, they're slow to talk because they're introverts. So sometimes we find, uh, especially when the ladies get together, they'll talk about the children. When does your child walk and talk and they compare? And they think, okay, that's a slow learner. But if you understand temperament, you would know a child would only progress according to the temperament's need or desire. So we find that the phlegmatic individuals, they, they, they talk slow. They tend to be the, sleep eat, uh, the slow eaters, the children. We, um, they only enjoy eating their favorite food. They need family around in order to enjoy eating. They often ignore instructions. They can't commit to chores. We find that they um, often um, irritate their siblings. They're the quiet ones, but they try to make, you know, cause their siblings to lose it. And then they sit back and they laugh at the situation. That's the, the phlegmatic child. So you have to remember with temperament, there's a lot of detail. Like for instance, with facial features, it's the shape of the eyebrows, the cheekbones, the color of the skin, the eyes, the hands, the fleshiness of the palms. It goes into deeper with children. It goes into each characteristic of a child. But I'm just trying to grab from different areas to give an overall appreciation. The next body type would be the melancholic body type. So the melancholic body type, these individuals are slender. Slender individuals, um, bony frame. Due to the cold and dryness, they often prone to have dry skin. They prefer hot foods because they're cold and dry. They prefer... Um, they tend to be uncomfortable in winter and autumn because innately. So all the thin bone individuals you'll see most likely they're wearing thick layers of clothing tonight because of their temperament. They're inclined to indigestion. So gas related problems. So constipated. So constipation is a big problem. Why? Because of the cold and dryness in the body. They are introverts. So the, the melancholic people, they're very special people because they're philosophers. They're very analytical, deep thinkers, and often they're the people that ask questions that everybody wonders why they're thinking so deep about the situation. They'll go into something and someone would say, leave that, and they'll think about it for years, because that's their mind. The, the melancholic individuals, they also tend to be a bit um, skeptical and a bit insecure in situations. So you'll have a sanguineous individual that's optimistic and a melancholic will look at the same situation. So you'll see somebody outside and the melancholic think it's a suspect person, they're up to something. The sanguineous just sees another person in the road. The melancholic will say, just check out because this person's walking up and down, they're long here already. And the sanguineous person, I'm going to ask them, uh, maybe they, they can't find somebody. The melancholic say, don't go because something could happen. And then, if you don't understand temperament, you'll think that the melancholic is paranoid. But that is a natural inclination that they have. The melancholic are perfectionists. So they pack their drawers, all the whites together, in a perfect row, all the socks together. And now you have a sanguine sibling or husband that's disorganized. So the husband comes home from work, he throws his bag, and it freaks out the melancholic. Why? Because the melancholic needs order to survive. They need structure to think. And if you don't know temperaments, it can cause havoc in the relationship. But if you understand that because my wife has this body frame, frame, there's a type of personality that's attached to it. And if I work on this, like, you know, I become less untidy for the melancholic, you can actually increase the connection that you have in the relationship. So due to the deep thinking and the um, huge imagination, they, they're very creative. 
So they the philosophers in the society. If you look at them, we see thin bony frame. They the artists. Give a flip melancholic a paintbrush and they do wonders. They write poetry. Think about the, the philosophers in the past writing these amazing works, sitting arched in a arch back in the in the library, reading thick books. So they loners, they need to be by themselves to thrive. When they in a in a public environment it drains them because they are introvert individuals. They are not meant to be on the public platform. Not to say that they cannot, but it has to be groomed in a certain way. So if you look at melancholic children, they also tend to be very anxious individuals. So a melancholic out of balance is a very anxious individual, very insecure, very skeptical individual when they're out of balance. We find that when they're in balance we, or while balanced, we find they're very creative, enthusiastic, very playful, very analytical, they're analyzing everything. They break down everything and they're looking for facts. They want, where's your proof? You say that the prophet said this, bring me your proof. You make that statement, show me which book is it in. Because they're natural researchers, they like proofs. And when it comes, like for sanguinous, he hears something, it feels right, go with it. Do you know what I mean? And a melancholic can't understand why a sanguine person would be like that. That's because they, they, they operate from different temperaments. A sign of imbalance from a melancholic is that they become withdrawn. They become very defensive and very anxious. Their key concerns revolve around efficiency and competition. They need to be the best. Because they're perfectionists, they have to be the best at what they do. So when a melancholic doesn't make, make a grade in school, it's devastating. If they fail a grade, that's why the word melancholia comes from melancholic, because they can drown in their sorrows. Because they have such high expectation of society and themselves, when they do not make the cut, it's very devastating. Where for a sanguine individuals, they'll cry a bit the first day of the holiday, but they realize it's holidays. Enjoy the holidays. What's the use of crying? So they enjoy the entire holiday. But the melancholic will, will be withdrawn and actually become depressed through the entire holiday. And that will affect the next year and affect the way they start any project. So bear in mind the concept of temperament and knowing temperament is very important for all our relationships. So the dominant reaction to conflict when it comes to a melancholic would be they withdraw. They become depressed because they drown in their own thoughts. They start to reject whoever they blame. They start to blame the individuals and then they exclude themselves. They exclude themselves from society, from a group, from friends because they believe that they have been excluded. But that's due to imbalance. We find that the way they show um, joy in a relationship, the melancholic would be very playful. They love giving gifts. They love grand surprises or grand plans. In relationships, they're very episodic, meaning the relationship can wax and wane. You know, they can have highs and lows and often it's unexplainable because, like they'll say, melancholics have a um, mercury. If you were to attach another element to them, it would be like mercury, you know, just going up and down. If we look at the, um, they have a strong urge to interact. Even though they're loners, the people in their close environment, they have to interact on a good level in order to feel accepted. We find that um, the favorite words revolve around knowledge. So, I hear you, listen to me, I know. So listening is very important for melancholic. So just think about health students. Why is it that some students are very good in something, but when they try to memorize Quran, they're not as good, and others are? 
because there's different information processing. So for half student, for melancholic, to listen to the Quran is even more beneficial than reading it on its own. Both is needed, but they have to listen more because reading and for sanguine again, reading in a group because the community aspect. So there, that's how you can use temperament for different situations. We find that um, they also pay a lot of attention to detail. Due to the perfectionist nature, they attend, uh, pay a lot of attention to detail and they are they tend to lose faith quick in leaders in our society. So the melancholic individuals will be the ones starting their own organization against the leaders. Or why? Because the they they have such a high expectation and they have such they they perfectionists. And when they trust someone to be their leader, it means that they believe this person is perfect in their leadership qualities. And when they find a blemish in the person, they lose hope in the individual. That's because of the high level of, of, of perfection. The next body type, bellious individual. So these individuals, okay, I actually wanted to speak about the children, um, the melancholic children. So be aware that your melancholic child naturally has an inferior complex because the world out there is viewed in a certain way and they're often misunderstood. So always be sensitive that, that, that they have a very sensitive nature. They have a tendency to perfectionist, to, to perfection. So you'll see a melancholic person, a child packing the crayons in a perfect row, drawing and for instance the, the musallas not laying properly, they'll put it, or you know, they iron out the creases, or in the bath, the melancholic child will take out the speck that's floating on the water, because that bothers the melancholic child. So they pay attention to detail. When they feel that the environment is not ideal, they're the individual that escape into the imaginary, um, imagination. So they'll have imaginary friends, like, um, or they'll daydream often, and it can go into teenagehood or even into adulthood. We find that um, when a, a melancholic child blames other children for things, they're often trying to escape, escape because they believe they cannot deal with the situation. They naturally um, they have feelings of failure or inability at a young age. And when they, like we spoke, when they're not getting the highest marks in class, it causes um, problems in the relationship. And often melancholic individuals, due to their high expectation in life, some of them tend to marry very late in life because they have this image of a perfect spouse which they never really find because the expectation is so high. So let's look at the bilious temperament. These individuals are dominated by heat and dryness. So they have a medium to large frame or lean built. They have prominent veins. So the, the veins are very high meaning they have very pounding pulse. So you'll see the veins protruding when you a, a bilious person's handshake will be very firm. Because of this excess heat in the body, they like cold conditions. And due to the excess heat, they're prone to inflammation type of states. These are the natural born leaders. We all know who they are. They're the individuals that at a young age, they're leading. They're uh, very energetic, outspoken, dominant. But due to this, they can be short-tempered. If you look at them, very strong facial features. Straight eyebrows, strong jaw, square jaw, stern look. They, they're the CEOs of society. If a bilious person is leading your organization, they'll take the organization forward. However, if they're out of balance, they'll be impatient for people to follow. So you'll find the bilious individuals, when they walk, 
They have a firm stride. They talk straight to the point. Not much emotions. They sharp. They um, very outspoken. They dominant. Out of balance, they could be aggressive. They could be domineering. They become irritable very easily. They can become impatient. They're very critical. They're very decisive people. We find that they don't need much sleep. Four hours of sleep, they can do with it because they're so driven. They're visionaries. We find that they're prone to inflammation types of states. A bilious individual, you'll see that when they're in balance, they, they're visionaries. They're very inspiring. They're charismatic leaders. They very enrolling, they get individuals involved, they can motivate a lot of people. Out of balance, they'll become overbearing, very insistent, very forceful, very dominating. In a relationship, the dominant reaction to conflict would be oppression. They would dominate very aggressive, a bullying type of personality. Um, the way they show joy in the relationship would be grand surprises. So they, they celebrate big, to go big or go home type of attitude. They have a v- they're very well, they have a grand vision. For them, seeing is believing. So in their relationship, they, they like consistency, they like attention, they like steady. Due to the, the high heat, they could crash due to exhaustion. Their favorite word is, I see, because seeing is believing. I want, I desire. Or we'll continue after, after Isha. Now, Shukran, can we ask the brothers to please leave first? That door is open there. And the brothers can go from that way to the back area. And the brothers said, leave all the sisters there after. Shukran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay, we continue with the temperaments. Um, just for interest's sake, um, when I said that I presented this for teachers for life orientation, um, I was invited by those same principals and teachers for the team building exercises because they said they noticed there's a lot of infighting within the corporate or school environment amongst academics. So they wanted me to discuss temperaments and to a large degree it helped for us to understand different personality types, to know why does one person explode with anger and it seems like there's no reason for it. But when you understand temperaments, you'll know this person's out of balance. And if they knew their temperament and knew what balances them, they'll be able to help themselves. So the, the benefit of temperament spans over all aspects of life. Teaching, learning, our parents, uh, for parents, for the work environment. Um, as Muslims, very important. So we spoke about the bilious temperament and we said they're strong individuals, natural born leaders, they go-getters, they, um, when they speak they're very decisive, straight to the point. Um, some people will find them to be um, domineering and they can be when they're out of balance. If you look at children, you'll find out that the bilious child is very independent, self-sufficient. At the age of two years old, they'll do things on their own like um, tie their own shoelace or feed themselves and ride their bike without any help. Even though they're not doing it properly, they don't want anybody to help them. A bilious child would be the child walking in the mall that doesn't want the mother to hold the hand. Um, bilious children are very strong-willed. They're determined. Um, at a young age, they, 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 their leadership skills, you can see that they're natural-born leaders. They're not intimidated by their elders. And you'll find the bilious child would be the one that would say to the auntie or somebody that, you're not my mother, don't tell me what to do. 
That's the bullious child. So if you look at that, there's two things you could do. You could say the child's rude, or you could recognize there's a leadership quality here that has to be molded. And if that leadership quality is not molded, for instance, you'll allow the child to organize a hiking club, or be part of the jamaat, go on, on tabligh, or be part of the soccer team to be the captain. You could mold and harness that leadership skills, which will follow them through life. If you don't, they could look for it somewhere else. So therefore we find that temperaments are also linked to drug abuse, where certain um, individuals would leave um, the family home seeking comfort somewhere else, but they're looking for what their temperament needs. So the sanguine individual would look for that communi um, community. And if they find it on the street corner and they're invited, they will adopt that community if they do not find it at home. The melancholic person, they become too withdrawn when they can't deal with their problems. They will resort to drugs because it will help them to get away, to go into this imagination world quicker. So therefore we find there's a link to almost all human activity at every level. So how do we use temperaments? There's many ways. I use it every day. And some people feel very intimidated by me because I can see. Someone came to me one day and they told me, at uh, look here, we heard, we heard you can see, so tell us. <laughs> so anyway, um, the temperament is a deep science, and the more you delve into it, the more professional we become with it. And to such an extent where people can be looked at, and this sometimes make people uncomfortable, the way you're sitting on your chair tells me a lot about your temperament. When I speak about bullious people and I say they're domineering and someone folds their arms, then I know they're very bullious and they're giving me a, the, the look of death. So I'll use an example for the bullious individual. How do you use temperament? So you know you're bullious. You can be domineering or you could be a visionary. And you're dominated by heat. So this bullious individual knows that he's dominated by heat and he knows that everything that's like his temperament can lead to an imbalance. For instance, too hot food, the heart of summer, too little water. Everything that induces heat, a stressful lifestyle, will worsen or bring on illness condition and take him out of, out of balance. So a bullious individual in the heart of summer, in the heart of the heat wave, having Nando's peri-peri in the morning with masala eggs, every type of food has a quality assigned to it. Chicken is hot, chili is hot, ginger is hot. And they naturally incline to the foods that affect their temperaments the worst. So if they start their morning off a Nando's Peri-Peri nice and hot, or Amina's Wonder, Wonder Spice Masala mix, and they have a lot of chili, they leave the home heated. They get into the car, in traffic, a heated situation, in the heart of heat wave. The first taxi driver that cuts in front of them, they will blow a gasket. And I use the example, I used to present those workshops for corporates, and someone actually told me that's exactly what happened to me. I'm a bullious person, I eat hot food, and a taxi drove in front of me and I beat him, beat him up. He actually said, so it was, I made up the example because I tried to, and he said it really happened to him. But had he known that he's bullious, and we informed him that because of your heat, and the heart of summer, you cannot change the weather, but you can change your environmental factors. So, two liters of water a day minimum for a bullious person but this is for the heated individual. Have a cooling diet, so you start your morning off with yogurt and muesli, yogurt and cucumbers. You have cooling fruits in the morning, fruit salad. So you leave the home with a low level of heat. Actually, you leave the home cool. You're riding traffic, the heat level increase, someone cuts in front of you, you won't blow the gasket. Maybe swear. 
but there's no violence. That's how you, we actually use this for anger management. So I had patients come to me, they're angry, and we, we assess them. And actually, before they enter the, enter the consultation room, I know they're bilious. Because in the consultation room, we will see, um, for instance, it's a Mr. Adams' appointment for 10 o'clock. I'm maybe five minutes late because the clinic's busy. As I come and I look for Mr. Adams, and I say Mr. Adams, and he looks up, and I see the guy's arms is folded, stern look, I know he's the bullish individual. And Mr. Adams, don't wait for his, for his turn. He'll stand. Because the bullish person is firm in his stride, and I took five minutes of his time. Had it been a phlegmatic person, and I'm 15 minutes late, the phlegmatic person is sitting like this in the seat, laid back, and I would say, Mr. Adams, and you say, you would double check because he doesn't want to be forceful. Is it me that you called? You'll, you'll double check. So you'll get up slower. The, the, the police person will get up faster. The way they walk towards me in the stride, you can see when I take his hand, I can feel the heat in his hand. And if I rub my finger on his pulse, I can feel the state that he's in at the moment. So his veins are prominent and I can feel that the beat is intense. So which means he's in a stressed state. Before I get to his room, I'll, I'll ask him a question like, how was your work? If I find out that he's in a position that's a subordinate position, meaning he's not a manager, he's working under the manager, I know the cause of his high blood pressure and his diabetes is his work stress. So when we enter the thing, we're not going to talk about his blood pressure, we're going to talk about where it origi originates. And we'll talk about temperament. And I know that he's prone to anger. And when I mention these things, and I'll know the body language, and I'll speak about things, and then we'll put him on a cooling diet. So we'll highlight all those things that are heating in his lifestyle, which can be from the weather, a lack of water, too little sleep, and we'll put him on a cooling diet. And when he does that, you can see this improvement in the blood pressure. Why? Because he's not in a, a high state of heat anymore. He'll be able to manage his anger. That's just one example. Uh, a way you could use it for... Um, getting a job, uh, you leave high school, you understand temperaments very well. You go for your interview, everybody's nervous, you dress at your best and you've got your CV sorted. But ultimately it relies on that communication that you have with the person interviewing you. If you go into the room and you see the person's a bilious person, in their desk they're sitting, not much smiling, stern face, it's a bilious individual. The language you use is crucial to whether you succeed to get that job or not. If he asks you, uh, so why should we hire you? If you tell him, because I want to create a, a strong workforce or camaraderie amongst the employers, you won't get the job. But if you tell him, I want to take your company, I can take your company, I will take your company from national to international, you will be hired. If a phlegmatic person was sitting in a position and you go for the interview, and you mention, and you mention emotive language, and you speak about um, you're very into leading the company together, so you wait for the, to the, for the other people that's part of the workforce, and that person that recognizes that part, you will get the job. So I'll show how I use this at, at the bank. I'm standing in the bank, I'm late, and the teller is phlegmatic. And I want the teller to go somewhere else, do something for me that has to happen at another, at another area, or I, you know, there's no time to do it. So when I come to the teller, I recognize that the teller is phlegmatic, so I greet, and I say that it's really nice to see that you're smiling, even though the line is so long. So you gave that teller a bit of time because she's smiling to everybody but no one cares really. But because it's very important for a phlegmatic that they're making this effort, she will do anything that you require afterwards in terms of working because you, you brought out the best out of that person. For, um, for jobs in the corporate, one example would be 
a student at school, they, they're not phlegmatic, but uh, they're phlegmatic. And the lecturer is phlegmatic, so they're teaching accounting. So the numbers isn't the best for them. But because the teacher was very connected with the student in that the teacher would inquire from the student, how was your holidays? And um, um, the, 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 the teacher recognized that the student was phlegmatic. This student enjoyed the subject and they got straight A's through high school. The parents look at the report card, they say, this is definitely a chartered accountant, send them in that direction. The person becomes a chartered accountant, but they, they, they need to connect with their phlegmatic nature, which is the nurturing, socializing um, type of serving nature. They need to serve. And when they serve, it brings out the best quality. But now this person's a chartered accountant, and they're sitting with numbers and meetings, and, but on a different level, they're not reaching their full potential. So they seek a tip practitioner or someone with the knowledge of temperament. They find that you're actually phlegmatic. So try to find a niche in your job. And then the same person actually mentioned that these job opportunities in the company whereby they can train interns. Put that person in that position. This is a real-life case study. The person found that they enjoy coming to work every day because they're training and they're feeding that phlegmatic aspect of them. So many of us will find ourselves in, in jobs whereby we... Not being the, we, we, we assume we can uh, produce, but it's not ideal because it's not ideal for our temperament. And it's not to say we must quit our jobs. Find a niche within the environment. What, what, what is my temperament? Who would say, anybody try to guess, what temperament do you think I am? Say? Sanguinous, that's my temperament. So probably oft optimistic, and someone mentioned me, I'm very biased because I put the sanguinis in a good light all the time. So prior to this, prior to temperaments, I didn't know I was sanguinous. And when I found out I was sanguinous, I found out that I'm a natural orator, that facilitation is my thing. And I didn't know because I was very scared to speak in public. And when I found out that I'm a natural orator and I can speak in public, and I'm in the, that's why I enjoy what I do. But I also work at university, behind a computer. And the admin isn't my strongest point, but I recognize that. So therefore, I have to brush up on that skill, but know there's only so much I can, I can work on before it drains me of my job satisfaction. So I have to occupy myself with lecturing, facilitation as much as I can to balance out that aspect. But if you don't know your temperament, you could be living in a job every day unhappy. And by knowing your temperament, you could actually find ways of bringing out the best in your temperament. Even if it means you must do something in the company, volunteering, it will actually be the best for you, just because you're connecting with your temperament. So now you can see that temperament can be used in many aspects of life, in relationships, for career guidance, for schooling. And it's, it's the, the more you go into it, the, the science becomes deeper. Temperament can be assessed via these trends in handwriting in the way you wear clothing, the type of clothing you wear. The bullious individuals, they have smart dresses. They, they, they wear the most expensive clothing and they're very smart. And they, Not to say that everybody's not, it's just that there's certain trends amongst people. And as you get to know temperament, you can actually see these trends. Um, when I run um, promotional workshops at, uh, or stalls at health, um, like, you know, like this radio station when they have this house um, days and stuff, and I'll have a store and I, I look at who's approaching me. And depending on the, 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 um, the gait, the way they walk, the language they use, I adapt my sales pitch. <laughs> so when the bullious guy comes to me, 
he's all about seeing and believing. I'm not going to tell him how good this is going to make him feel. I'm going to show him on my cupping chart what points that I know he's suffering from right now. Tension, chronic fatigue, and I'm going to show what's the mechanism of cupping. Because he wants, he, for him, seeing is believing. And that's how you use the temperaments. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not about manipulating people. It's about understanding people. So now in your organization, or that in your masjid, wherever you are, that Buddha that's always like this, you understand that he's out of balance. The reason why he does this is because he's a natural-born leader and he has never, ever exercised his leadership skills anyway. So now it's coming out, he has to enforce it. Because we have to remember, naturally, nature wins all the time. Your body will naturally be inclined to that which it was made to be. So your temperament tells you who you are. It tells you about your strength and your weaknesses. And it allows you to accept your weaknesses and know that you have to work on it. For instance, like the melancholic individual, they, like we said, they disappointed very easily. When they lose a loved one, they tend to grieve intensely. But if you're melancholic and you're grieving and you know your temperament, you would know that a red flag goes up, that grieving is part of losing a loved one, but in my temperament, I tend to grieve too long. So after a while, I'll have to seek some counseling, some family member to uplift me. But if you do not know temperaments, you could grieve so long that you go into a depression. So therefore, it's very important to understand temperament. So you have four children, and they all grieve differently, and you take the one that grieves longer as being weak. So you further damage their self-esteem. And it's a vicious cycle simply because you do not understand the concept of temperament. So the concept of temperament is very broad. I only touched on what I remembered. Uh, it, it influences your life. It changes your life, definitely. Because it gives you the power to, to make changes that are lasting. To know how your day can be managed. Melancholic individuals, they're governed by cold and dryness. They always have indigestion problems. And the emotions always act up in the GIT. So when they're going through that, they, they should know that they have heating herbs like ginger, have ginger chicken soup, etc. So very important, the, the books that we have here today, um, the Four Temperaments books, teaches you about your Four Temperaments. I've given you some books that we that is actually designed for corporates. As you can see, it's, it's universal. Tib is, it's, um, the image of Tib is universal to, to make it broad to all the public. So this is actually the corporate books that we use. So it's a simple guide to your temperament. I've given you temperament sheets. So if you go home, you can actually ascertain what's your temperament. So do this with the family. Uh, use a pencil so that you can use this form over and over. Try to photocopy it and do it. With the, the more people you do it with, you'll begin to know temperaments better. So you have four temperaments going down. You have criteria, the frame, your gait, your speech. You have to tick which one you're closest to. One tick per section, and at the end you count the ticks. The, the, the most would be your dominant temperament. You'll find there's clusters of, ultimately we are all four temperaments. We have all four temperaments within us, and we need all of them. Like the sanguine individuals that optimistic, bubbly, that loves um, interaction. There's times when they have to be withdrawn also. So they, they connect with a melancholic side. But... Your temperament feeds you, and if you feed your temperament, you bring out the best of who you are. So the four temperaments, like I said, we have we consist of all four temperaments, but you have a dominant one and you have a subdominant one. So therefore, you'll see, you'll share clusters of characteristics, whether it be the image clustering together, 
Um, so, so say a sanguine is phlegmatic individual. So the sanguine is their main temperament, but the phlegmatic is their subdominant temperament. They do have bilious in them and melancholic, but it's a, it's a small degree, so it doesn't determine who they are. If you look on this diagram, a sanguine is phlegmatic individual, so when you fill out this form, the highest amount would be your dominant quality, your dominant temperament. The second highest would be your subdominant, meaning the two work together to support who you are. If we look at the sanguineous and phlegmatic individuals, the common factor would be moisture. Meaning that you need to maintain an ideal level of moisture in your life, from diet, from the air, from lifestyle factors, to bring out the best of who you are. If your body dries out too much, illnesses start, affect the organs, emotional problems start, you become lethargic, you lose that, that vigor. But if you're in your ideal state, which can only be ascertained via knowing your temperament and following the lifestyle factors which you will discuss. I know there's a lot of information, that's why we're doing it over two sessions next week. We'll go into temperament again, but I'll be looking at temperament from a soul aspect, the good and evil of each temperament. So that will be quite exciting to know the good side and the evil side of each temperament and know that it has spiritual implications as well. Why is it that you're not progressing or we're not progressing in our Ibadah? Because there's certain things that blocks us due to our temperament. For instance, the sanguineous person distracted easily. So therefore they must focus on the Ibadah more and cut off. So there's different, the melancholic sometimes individual goes too deep. So they isolate themselves too much. So you will go into each one of those. So try to fill out this form next week, bring it with. After the class we'll have um, some of the doctors offer their time to assist for those people who want to know more about temperament. At the end of the day, Allah could have made us all sanguineous individuals. So we're very happy, but we accomplish very little because we're enjoying life too much. He could have made us all melancholic, very organized and charted, but not very cheerful. He could have made us all bilious. We sit to lead, but we're very impatient for people to follow. He could have made us all phlegmatic. We're living in this dream perfect world, but we don't have much enthusiasm to move. So therefore we need, we need all the temperaments in our lives to make us who we are. And we need all the temperaments in society to balance society. Because everybody cannot be a leader. We need that bilious individual to be the leader, but a well-balanced leader, and we need people to follow, suited to his, to his temperament. But if he's domineering, of course people won't follow. If you look in the life of a Muslim, all four temperaments are manifested. We have to be like the melancholic that is a loner during the time of Ibadah, because it's the one-on-one, the one -on -one, deep, reflecting, thinking, um, analyzing their lives, reflecting on the day's events. We have to be the sanguineous individual, because we know the Dean speaks about Afshu Salam, spread the greeting, that uh, the smiling is part of Sadaqah. So we have to have that aspect. We have to be phlegmatic, which is very emotive, um, Emotion-driven people, very compassionate people. Often some bilious person out of balance would say that a phlegmatic person is a pushover. Because if you tramp on a bilious person's toe, he'll tell you first time, watch what you're doing. But a phlegmatic person, you can tramp three or four times, they'll let it slide, and then they'll mention something very softly to you. So if you don't understand temperaments, you'll think the other, the other side is a, um, a pushover, or that they have no backbone. But if you understand temperament, you will know that that person's operating from the, the best side of the temperament. We have to be bilious at times. 
And the amazing thing is that if you look at the Khulafa Rashidin, the four rightly guided Sahaba, the Khalifas after the Prophet ﷺ, you would see they fit into each temperament. Abu Bakr, he was the melancholic, the deep thinker, the reflective. And if you look at, if you look at the, the, the hadith and the, the description of his body, they'll mention he was very thin. So he was the melancholic. The sanguine, the, we look at the bilious, who was the bilious individual? Umar, the no-nonsense type of guy. You know, and he led, he led strongly. However, some sahaba took him to be very, too overbearing. But that's because of his bilious nature coming out. However, there was times when Umar cried. There was times when his compassion came out. So he was bilious when he needed to be, and he was phlegmatic when he needed to be. Who was the phlegmatic? Who was the shy, self-contained? Uthman, he's known for his modesty. And the sanguines would be Ali, because he was known to be a very good orator. He spoke well, he wrote well, and we find perfection in all of the khulafa. Therefore, the, the, the deen as presented to us from them is perfect. Asuyuti says in his book Teba Nabawi that the most evenly balanced of all temperaments would be the temperaments of the believer. The most evenly balanced temperaments of the believers would be that of the prophets and all the prophets would be the messengers of Allah and the best would be the Prophet The Prophet had the most balanced temperament. Why? Because in every ahadith he speaks and he advises us to be the best of our temperaments and he, he talks against the worst of our temperaments trying to bring it out. Therefore we find in Tiba Nabawi it blends so well with the concept of elements, concept of humors. Humors refers to the four temperaments, the four body fluids that flows in the body that makes us sanguineous, bilious, etc. So we find in the Prophet some character in his body, in his speech, that he was the best of temperaments. So he, he was the warrior when he needed to be on the battlefield. He was the compassionate one when he needed to be with the family and the orphan. He was the sanguineous one when he needed to be with his community. He was the melancholic when he needed to withdraw and go into the cave of Hera. So the whole point of Tibanabui of temperaments is to restore balance in our lives. And balance can only be restored via the sunnah and via the understanding of temperaments. So how do we balance ourselves with temperaments? We're going to go into the six lifestyle factors. So once you know your temperament, you would know which qualities dominates you. Heat, moisture, coldness and dryness. You will know the, the combination of those qualities. Then each of these lifestyle factors affects us every day. And each of the lifestyle factors carry a quality. Food can be heating, like ginger, spicy food. It can be cooling. All the bland foods are cooling. Cucumbers, lettuce, yogurts are cooling. Movement and rest. Your exercise has to suit your temperament. If you are doing too strenuous exercise and you're a bilious person or melancholic, you're drying yourself out too much, therefore you're prone to joint-related problems. So therefore we find trends. So if I go to a day hospital and I, t I look at all the people and I take out all the sanguinous people and I put them on one side and the phlegmatics, I can predict up to 90% correctness what illnesses they have without examining them. Because all the sanguinous people will be prone to hypertension. And it can be seen on their skin. When the blood pressure is high, the redness, tin, there's a red tinge on the skin, the eyes are bulging. They, they have a, a type of stressed look. If you feel their hands, the, the, the veins will be pounding. Um, heat and moisture will be evident all over the body. If you look at the melancholic people, you will be able to ascertain, for instance, now the melancholic people that's here, 
Most likely you're suffering from constipation. Sorry that I'm looking at you. I'm trying not to look at you. Joint-related problems, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, anemia, if you're phlegmatic, anemia, asthma, colds and flu throughout the year, if you're sanguinous, athlete's foot, diabetes, high blood pressure, if you're bilious, gastritis, inflammation states. Or it doesn't mean that you don't suffer from another person's type of or another temperament. You can suffer from any temperament depending where the imbalance is. So you are a melancholic person. So coldness and dryness is suited for you to a certain level. When you become too cold and dry, the joint starts to creak. The digestion starts to slow. Then you lead to that type of condition. If you have too much moisture, you lead to a sanguinous condition. So the whole point is to maintain balance in your life. So it can be, um, balance can be achieved via sleep and wakefulness. If you sleep too long, the phlegmatic individuals, they need because they slow and they speak slow and they no offense, but they're the natural born counselors, they need to sleep longer. They need eight hours of sleep. If they don't sleep eight hours, they become very moody. If they sleep longer than eight hours, they become lethargic, too slow. Emotions and feelings. We'll go into each one and you'll see there's a quality attached to them. So it's very important that this book would be the textbook if you want to practice temperament at home. The, the four temperaments, six lifestyle factors, it goes into deep detail for each temperament. So, for instance, if you find out you're a sanguine, as well as individual, that tells you all the things that's connected to eat, like summer, anger, not enough sleep, strenuous exercises, the illnesses that sanguine, as well as people are predisposed to would be congestive headaches. So, sanguine, as well as people in the heart of summer, if you're having too much sweet things which you're eating, around about after Asr or after Dhuhr, you'll develop um, tension headaches. But if you know your temperament, you can actually avoid it by avoiding the sweet thing, having a lot of water and a lot of salads. So there's ways to balance your temperament so you can actually control your illness condition. And it goes through the entire lifestyle factors. All the foods are listed according to cooling, heating, and what's recommended for your diet. It goes into dietary advice, what greens to add, emotional, how to deal with emotional upsets, environmental air and breathing, massage, aromatherapy oils that's needed, color therapy, we'll be doing all of these next week. So this book is a must-have. Another book important to understand the philosophy would be the traditional roots of medicine. Um, the books are all available at the back. And then we have the cookbook, cooking for your body type. So different types of diets for different body types. So it's, there's curries in here, there's, I think there's faluda also in here, you know. Um, different types of desserts for your body type. So you have a, a cold and dry section, so the hot and moist individuals have cooling diets, and cooling diets even help with um, hot flushes during menopause. So any state that you're in, there's a diet that can assist you. The main thing is to ascertain your temperament and to know that your lifestyle factors affect your temperament all the time. Okay, we're running out of time. Play the video. I just want to play a short clip just to seal the, the understanding of temperaments. Yeah, I think put the lights off. So, all melancholics, don't be afraid. We're putting off the lights now to watch a video. Everything I was one of those heavy oaks now, and I got the iPad and all the internet and stuff. And then I, I stumbled upon these words 
I've been too much on Twitter and Facebook and stuff in the channel. And then I thought to myself, no, I must go Google this. So I go Google it and I come across Tim, my group on the internet. And they break it down for you, my son. There are four different personality traits. And each person has that personality. Because you know a person with that type of personality trait. Maybe your uncle, your auntie, your daughter, your mistress. Whoever, they have this personality traits. And they broke it down for me nicely on Tim. And it's full. And, and the one is sanguineous, brilliant, uh, phlegmatic, and, and, and melancholic. That's the four. That alone is difficult to remember and to pronounce. It sounds like a sickness on its own mind. But I went into it and I studied and I read. And I read and then I thought to myself, no, I'm going to share my knowledge that I do. got most here from with you people. And, and I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to show you. Hey, you guys are part of that. Look at the outside, huh? How nice is it outside, huh? I can smell the perfume, man. Smell the perfume that, that you got on here, man. Ah! <laughs> Somebody caught me like a oh, They put the thing on the truck on my chair, yeah. You clever, you that almost worked. But thank you for making me feel so wicked. Welcome here today, man. My chair, huh? You know who I am, huh? I will get you. I know where you stay, and I will. <laughs> Life is like a techno. Yeah, it's. Hard and short and very painful. Personality traits a person might have: bellious, sanguineous, uh, phlegmatic, and melancholic. So just think about what one are you, and think about how to you react in certain situations, and how other people react in that same situation, and maybe it will help you. Realistic love. <laughs> Okay, I'm sure that we have a good understanding on, on temperament.
just a reminder um, that um, temperaments, uh, the philosophy of TIB, is practiced at the Sama Center. So if you want to have a full consultation and dietary plan and everything associated with it, which includes massage, etc., so the Sama is good specials, therapeutic specials, and this one is meant for fathers and uncles and um, good prices for aromatherapy massage, 150 per session. And if you know massage, you know it's a very good price. And there's a very experienced male masseuse that's um, a specialist in aromatherapy as well. So these are the details. Um, this is the specials for November. Um, they're still having the cupping special, which is 69 position of dry cupping. And I just wanted to give the email um, for the Prophetic Healing Institute in case anybody wants to query anything um, in connection with Tibanabawi, Prophetic Medicine. And also to mention that um, we have one of our masseuse from Samasintia, Ansaf. If she could stand, please. Ansaf, she's a masseuse and um, she has a nursing background. She's offering these specials at Sama, which is a foot spa, facial, lemon cream, back scrub, which sounds very refreshing. So um, speak to Ansaf. She'll, she'll answer any questions relating to massage. And our tip doctors are also here to help with temperament. So the doctors can stand. We have Dr. Ferial. Dr. Faiza, Atika is also going to help. Atika Hussain is helping with temperament. So you can just stand so the ladies can see who you are so that afterwards they can approach you. And uh, Dr. Camda also is here. Um, after, if you need to ask questions about temperament or help with the temperament evaluation sheet, approach them. So if you go home, try to fill out the sheet for next week because we're going to go into um, governing factors, etc. And we can actually apply it. So for those that know their temperaments, when you go home, if you're a heated individual and you cannot handle the heat of summer, start having a cooling diet and then you can experiment and see what happens in the week. Someone with high blood pressure and stress and anxiety and a baby that has tonsillitis and they're asking for remedies. Like I said in the past, I cannot give a remedy because there's a whole lot of other background information that's needed. So that definitely requires consultation. So to give a general remedy is actually dangerous when it comes to conditions like that. So speak to the practitioners and um, they'll advise you on what to do. Inshallah, uh, don't forget your healthy snacks next week. We have a whole week to think about it. Healthy, 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 healthy. <laughs>